And so, with the cup held high, me the leave Croke Park, All-Ireland football champions for 1949. Oh, beautiful me, you got all that I need. Dimsey hits Davin Fee. Anthony Finnerty comes in and gives him a touch of the elbow. Colin Coyle hitting Finnerty. This is Colm's first punch. Finity delayed reaction, looks around, sees Martin O'Connell coming in and thinks that the best action is to go down. What a set of matches we've had. Four terrific and memorable games. Final score meets 2-10. Dublin, 15. So Joe McDonough, GA president, presents Sam McGuire to Graham Garrity and meet of the football champions. Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome to another edition of the We Are Meat podcast. I'm Mickey Brennan and as always I'm joined by David Rispin from the Rispin blog and we're also joined by PRO of the Mead County Board, Mr Kieran Flynn and not only the PRO of the Mead County Board but he's now the PRO of the Higher Education GEA uh, board as well and we just we're actually a council book on it's a council is it yeah. um, and, and, and obviously as well Kieran, there was, uh, there was voting on this as well um, and you won the vote, basically. It'd be very reminiscent of Game of Thrones, kind of like who's going to get in the Iron Throne, like kind of. And there was a lot of kind of stabbing in the back, a lot of kind of kind of meetings in dark alleyways and hotel rooms. But we got there in the end, you know. Grand, grand. Winter is coming. Can you hurry up? <laughs> Winter is here. Winter is here tonight. At Two a.m. <laughs> well, well con- con- congratulations on uh, your new post, and I uh, hope it doesn't take away from the post you have with the Mead County Board. What do you reckon, David? Is he going to be able to split himself two ways? Yeah, well, sure. He always seems to have a lot of time in his hands, so hopefully he should uh, he should have a bit extra to dedicate to it. Yeah, I say there's a lot of people in Mead GA hoping that I, I I split my time and leave. You know, I so. know. <laughs> As David says, you do seem to have plenty of time in your hands and you are a school teacher, so that kind of goes hand in hand. We're going to move on now. I'll be thinking about you now in the summer or the Easter holidays now for two weeks. <laughs> I'd say you will be. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to move on anyway. On this week's podcast, there's a few ladies' results that we need to uh, bring to your attention. There's also results from uh, the Mead Senior, Intermediate and Junior Championship games that were played over the last four days. And also, we'll be taking a look forward to next weekend, round two of the Mead Championships taking place. Uh, actually, there was some round two games taking place this weekend as well. Um, and David Rispin, obviously, and Courtown were involved in one of those games, but we'll be coming back to those later on. Um, in the Ladies Leinster Minor Championship, uh, today's Sunday, Mead were taking on Kildare and Mead. Uh, came away with a loss here, two goals and 12 to one goal and eight. I know that Kildare were leading this game from start to finish and at one stage Mead were trading by quite some distance. Uh, I think there might have been nine or ten points in it and they made a good fist of coming back into it but they did lose that game. And on Saturday, yesterday, the ladies under 16 were playing in the Leinster Championship and they came away with a one-point victory over Longford. It was a last-minute goal for Mead uh, seeing them uh, take the victory and they were trailing by a point when they got that goal in the last minute and they ended up winning by two points. Again, just a reminder for anybody out there who is listening in from the Ladies County Board um, or the Ladies Board in Mead, um, if, if anybody can get in touch with us, uh, that would be great. We would like to have a bit more uh, information on these games when we're doing the podcast. Uh, we obviously can't get to all games um, throughout the whole uh, county and throughout the whole country. But if we had somebody just to give us some uh, information on these games, it would be great. And we would uh, promote 
the ladies game a little bit more um, I suppose um, like we tried to promote the, the small ball game for you Kieran. absolutely the, the hurling is sometimes gets a bit of victimisation on this podcast but don't worry the, the hurling fraternity out there we're staying strong in the community you know Fair play to you. Um, well done. Uh, we're going to move on and now. Other, to and the other nine people in the community, yeah. <laughs> uh, but at least they're sound like some of the boys in Bohemian Parish over there. You know? <laughs> and that's a big parish over there. Oh, well, um, yeah, too many teams in it though. Way too many. We'll come back to that as well, as well anyway later on. We're going to move on now and to a game that was postponed uh, from round one of the championship last weekend. Obviously, uh, Simonstown and Wolf Tones was postponed due to the untimely passing of Sean Tobin's sister Anne. Um, and of course, we want to send out our condolences to the whole family as we did last week in the podcast. But uh, fair play too. I want to say so proud of Sean Tobin um, uh, making his way out to Paddy O'Brien Park on Friday night for this game against Wolf Tones. And, me, and Simonson came away with the victory here, lads. Two goals and eight points to Wolf Tones, one goal and nine points. And... David, I suppose, looking at the game as a whole, wasn't the best game of football. It was exciting. Mm. Um, but uh, there was a, a lot of mistakes on both sides and uh, Simonson probably deserving victors at the end. Yeah, I, I suppose it's hard to argue with that. But I suppose also when you're saying, you know, about the mistakes and errors and that, that's kind of what added to the excitement throughout as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it really ebbed and flowed throughout. Simonson got into a great position early on and, and in fairness to Wolf Tones they kept at it and got the goal back from the penalty and it was game on approaching half time Simonson had great goal chances I think the crossbar was their biggest nemesis on the <laughs> night but then on the, on the flip side of that I suppose Robbie Burlingham pulled off three or four top class saves um, throughout the game and it could have been so different but I think you're right you know over over the piece Simonson were the better team um, over the 60 plus minutes but it was a close run thing and I suppose in derbies, generally speaking, and we'll probably come to a couple of them that, that were taking place today as well, form kind of goes out the window and, and what you think should happen isn't always the case of what actually does happen. Absolutely. But um, Simonson, with the week they had, I suppose, as well, you've already alluded to, um, they'll be just pleased to get the result and move on. Yeah, absolutely. And and Kieran, uh, did you make the game on Friday night yourself? No, you weren't at the game, but uh, I'll go back to David then. So, David, there was a few standout performers on, on the evening. I suppose Robbie Burlingham in goals for Simonson was, yeah. was a rock at the, uh, between the posts. But he was ably aided by uh, Stephen Moore in the full back line, who was excellent. Mm-hmm. Uh, did a great job on Fiat Reward. Um, and... I'm just looking through. I know that there was a couple of other players that may have stood out for yourself, but I think Mark Gardner had a good game as well at wing back. Yeah, Mark Gardner was solid too. I suppose Robbie was the, Robbie was probably man of the match over the piece. Um, he was outstanding throughout. Um, and Stephen Moran really good as well. He, you know, Fierke Ward is a tricky customer, very hard to deal with in, in some situations. I thought he was excellent. Um, Shane Gallagher, probably a different sort of role as to what he's been playing with Mead, but more of a kind of free role and, and a a sweeper type yeah. role um, and played it excellently his energy up and down the field was something that that was really good um, Sean Tobin himself I know you've mentioned Absolutely, him already yeah. um, savage performance midfield you know really good kind of set the tone so unselfish too in the in, in, in the work you know we all know he's capable of scoring but he had several opportunities where he could have taken on a shot but played the percentages and played the you know the pass the right and pass. Got, got guys into better positions and you know instead of shooting himself um Probably Crouchy as well, I, I think, uh, took his call brilliantly. Yeah. Um, I, I sometimes wonder why he's always playing further out the field because I think when he's in and, in and around the square, and I know he does drift in there naturally, but I, I'd love to see him play as an orthodox number 14 
in on top of the square because he's just such a handful in there. I, I sometimes feel he kind of gets lost when he's further out the field. I know mm. he works very hard for the team. His engine, I think. Is, yeah, yeah. But but I think he's lethal inside, and I think when you have a player like that in your side, you should be kind of using him to the to the best of the ability. And I think that's where, personally, if I was in charge, which I'm not, but th- that's <laughs> where I'd be using him is is in there because his his goal scoring record is phenomenal. And sometimes he, he doesn't always, you know, impact the game over sixty minutes, but he can just pop up and finish it you know with with such style and such elegance um and he's still a key player for Simonson. yeah absolutely and and as you said like he's he's he is this uncanny way of getting in behind defenses sneaking in behind and just being in the right spot at the right time to finish off games or finish off goals um ben hoy yeah. uh, corner forward for Simonson was also excellent on this uh, uh, i thought he was brilliant uh, his speed Stop, um the whole lot he, he he was brilliant. He worked tirelessly throughout the game. Uh, on the Wolf Tones end of things, I thought like one of their elder statesmen, Stephen Shepherd, yeah. was just immense for Wolf Tones. Yeah, never stopped up and down the field constantly. And I suppose in the absence of Niall McLaughlin, similar type players and similar, I suppose, age brackets, I'm not going to start guessing their ages, but <laughs> I'm guessing they're probably um, in the veteran stage at this stage. And uh, he was excellent up and down the field. But aside from that, there were some really good displays. Keane O'Neill didn't start, but came on, on and well. was really good midfield. Um, Thomas O'Reilly, too, the county man, linking the play, sort of playing a different role to what he's done with Meath as well, coming out and you know getting on the ball and trying to run at the defence as opposed to kind of staying inside mm-hmm. um, and did that really well too. I thought Alan Callaghan was decent in midfield. Keane Ward, very cute on the ball, you know, picked his moments. Um, just that kind of experience he used and you know his, his free-taking and, and penalty, which... Um, Needed to be perfect because Robbie, I think, was down there again and close to making a good save. But uh, the Tones, they'll be disappointed with the result and especially the position they got themselves in. But I think they'll take a lot from the performance too. That Both sides will probably look at it and they'll say, right, we, we need to probably tighten up defensively because they both coughed up a lot of goal chances. But they'll be confident. I know they have Dunboyne coming up, which is going to be an extremely tough game for them. But... Wolf Tones are a, are a difficult side to get a result against and um, Simonson will be just happy to have done that. Yeah, and I'm sure that uh, one of the things that Wolf Tones will be thinking is that they work on their shooting in front of goal because, they use, as you said, they did create a lot of goal chances. Saren O'Finnegan, mm-hmm. he had a few goal chances as well. Um, and as you said, Keen Ward, brilliant on the ball, just picked out his passes. Mm-hmm. Alan Callaghan was given the job of just man-marking Sean Tobin. Yeah, yeah. And he never left Sean for the evening. Yeah. Sean, when, when Tobin got away from him, did well. Caught a few balls in midfield as well. But in fairness, it Alan Callaghan, yeah, it, it was, was a good really, duel yeah, between really the two of them in midfield. So that was uh, the round one game between Simonstown and Wolf Tones. And that puts Simonstown, gets them off the mark and puts them into a uh, uh, joint top position or uh, third position in, in, in the Group C. St. Peter's Dunboyne on two points points with a score difference of plus five. Nafina um, also on two points with a plus four score difference and Simonstown with a plus two score difference. Wolf Tones and Colin Kills and Corha all at the bottom of that table. Um, so uh, round two is going to be a massive round in that uh, um, in that group when you see the likes of Wolf Tones and Colin Kills who would have great aspirations of getting out of uh, getting into a quarter final. They, they will all be needing to pick up victories well I suppose the top three played the bottom three in that group um, you know in, in this coming round, round yeah. so you know if it goes to form and the top three win against the bottom three you're seeing a, a big divide straight away there'll be three teams on four points and three teams on no points um, and I suppose 
thinking going into the break will probably go out the window as regards qualification, but more to stay out of that bottom two slot. Exactly. Um, so it's going to be intriguing. There's a couple of huge games in it, and you know you wouldn't you wouldn't write the likes of St. Colm Kills off against Simonstown or Wolf Tones against Dunboyne or even Curaha against Athena. You know yeah. it is it is one of them type of groups that anything could happen, and one result could actually change the whole dynamic of the group. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to move on now to the other games played this weekend and in the Mead Potato Company Intermediate Championship on Sunday in Park Tolchin. It was uh, Group A and it was Round 2 and it was Oldcastle versus Ballon Lock. And uh, I know we took a bit of slack here uh, on on our social media lads during the week. Um, well, you did. Uh, for going for Old Castle, I didn't take too much slack because I I've gone for a draw, and I think well, Brian Kelly, you, yeah, yeah <laughs> Brian Kelly went for a draw as well. Uh, a game that has been so hard to call over the last number of years. Old Castle been going in as favourites most days, and Banlock coming away with the victory most days. But it went to form this time. Um, it went with the odds. And it was Old Castle who came away with a, a, a quite a convincing victory. Kieran, two goals and eleven to Ballon Lock, seven points, and that's a big dent for for Ballon Lock. Um, with the way they've been performing against Old Castle after over the last number of years, you know they'll be very disappointed with that. Yeah, I think they will be rather disappointed. But uh, maybe Ballon Lock's uh, kind of point with they actually missed an awful lot of players today. Like for example, Johnny Riley didn't play; he was ill. Uh, Ronan McGuinness didn't play, Simon Deeb didn't play, Lorcan Maguire went off early injured with a, either a quad or a hamstring injury. So they definitely didn't have their full squad on the field to play, so maybe that's a bit of solace for them. But Oldcastle brought the full strength, they, they weren't missing really anyone. And the likes of uh, Paddy Gilsonham was just immense. The, the ball he hit in for the goal very early on in the game was just incredible. Into the wind, outside the left foot, it just kind of dipped and bounced lovely for the Oldcastle players, pass it, bang, in the net. So you can't, like, it's been a game that's been so tight, but I think Oldcastle really had a point to prove today, and they really went for it. And Ballinock had a weakened team, and Oldcastle didn't let up at all, just went for the kill. I suppose, David, when you look at it, whenever Paddy Gilson plays well for Oldcastle, Oldcastle win games, and that's just mm. the be-all and end-all of it, really. Yeah, and he's he's probably had a huge influence in actually developing these young players who are starting to come through. I mean, Colin, Colin Hawthorne was corner forward today. I thought he was really impressive. Uh, Robbie Farley, he's not a young man at the, uh, by any means, but he looked really up for it and really kind of pumped and he had a great game. He got that goal that Kieran was talking about. But I think you made a good point, Kieran, about the intensity that Oldcastle brought to it. And as Mickey said, it's something that Ballinlock have generally brought in previous years when they've played Oldcastle. Today, it was, it was the flip side. I thought Ballinlock were flat right from the start. I thought Oldcastle were really up for the game and you could see that it was you know, more important. We talked about how important yeah. it was for Oldcastle having not won last week with mm. the draw and Ballinock getting that, that brilliant win against Trombara. But um, Ballinock don't have the luxury either of missing three or four starters. They don't have a panel, you know, that even Oldcastle would have. Oldcastle would probably be able to be missing three or four lads and actually um, replace yeah. them by pl- lads who mightn't be as good. But I think their subs as well, they, they kind of used uh, Joshua Lynch come mm. on as a blood sub and then he came on as a full yeah. sub later on. They didn't really have much depth no. Even when their subs, Jimmy Ball wasn't there, yeah, and like different. So even lads would have come on earlier in the year. And or you, last you look year. at Oldcastle. I mean, they brought on CJ Healy, who's a who's a, a Rory McHugh name, as well. He's a, he's a normal starter, Rory McHugh as well in midfield, and and had a good impact as well. But um, they, they'll be delighted because of that hoodoo that we spoke about last yeah. week is is lifted now, and they can look forward to the summer football with hope and aspirations now kicking on and challenging for the intermediate. And I suppose uh, when you think about it, Kieran as well. Uh, the the number of players that Ballinlock were missing, um, 
the the importance of that game it, it meant more to, uh, to Oldcastle than it did to Ballinlock. They probably won't be too concerned about that loss. They're still on two points after two games, um, and it's still all in their own hands, I suppose. Absolutely, I think there might have been a bit of that in the kind of the mannerisms of the the management team and the the, the secretary and chairman, all the you know the the. the the backroom staff, like I think, they, they see the bigger picture. Maybe that they weren't really going to contest with the squad they had. They probably see victories in maybe three of the other games at least, which will get them at least the third spot in that group. So, again, maybe that's something we've always talked about: the competitiveness of the championship and the fact that maybe not every game matters as much as it should. And that's maybe a small case for that point. But definitely, Benlock won't like losing to Oldcastle. No, absolutely. That, and they no. were sick, and they were sick leaving the field today, and they were they weren't too happy at half time coming off the field either. And I won't anymore, but you, you can probably guess there was one or two people not too happy with the ref. Similar people are probably repeat offenders in that regard. Don't need to say who they are, you know exactly. But, it, but it's, it's probably the manner of the defeat as well, I think. Yeah. You know, there's no harm in being bad, but the lack of fight, I suppose, is, is probably the disappointing thing, especially in the derby match. Mm. Losing Paderborn as well. I mean, we we seen the good and the bad of Paderborn last week and we seen the ugly side of Paderborn today. I was today. Just, oh, that was great. Uh, yeah, like yeah, bad first half. <laughs> Good the first half and then you know sent off today, constantly kind of John John at, at, at referee um, two yellows. Key cheering, I think yeah, wasn't two it two yellows yeah. for dissent challenging the authority of the ref and and just wasn't on his game do you know was never really involved in the game and that was disappointing because he is their talisman and um when, when he doesn't play well it's sort of the same as Paddy Gilson when he plays well Oldcastle play well and when Pather plays well Ballinlock play well and he didn't yeah. play well today and Ballinlock didn't play well but the intensity of the tackling though by Oldcastle was great and I think. That's bit of flaking was done. There was a bit of flaking, yeah. There was. McCartland was flaking away. Yeah, there was. There was lads on top of each other, and lad got a kick in the back of the head by a fluke. Lad was kind of uh, hurdling over him, and she didn't. He just get on with it. You know, there was a bit of crack in it too. There was roaring and balling, and lads pulling each other to the ground, and oh, God knows what they were at. The dark arts were in full full swing. The, the today. dark arts were in full swing. Well, that leaves uh, the intermediate football championship group A. Uh, sitting like this it's Old Castle having played two they're on top of the table with three points then Mead Hill are in second with two points with one game played Ballinlock of two games played and they've got two points then it's Nobber on a point having drawn with Old Castle last week um, and then we have Drumbara and Kilmainham on no points down the bottom on minus one and minus three points Ballinlock interestingly on minus nine points after that loss, mm. um, so you want like score difference could come into it towards the end. But um, look, it's it's they've got two or three months to prepare now for the next part of the championship. There was also two games played in the Chocolate Terrick Junior Championship, um, and uh, on Sunday at two p.m. in headquarters in Park Talchin, it was Group A Minalty taking on Karen Ross. And lads, um, going from our predictions again, uh, you bo- you boys had both picked Oldcastle to beat um, uh, Ballinlock. Myself and uh, uh, Brian Kelly had gone for a draw in that match. Uh, but this is the one that we all got wrong. Karen Ross won 11, Minalty 15 points. And that's a huge, huge victory for Minalty here. Absolutely. And the, they were well-deserved winners. There's, there's no way of painting any other way. Especially the the crunch time at the end of the game, they just brought a bit of ferocity to it, and really they won the middle of the field. They were just running into the wind as well, and they were kicking the scores at the end. And the likes of uh, Nevin in the middle of the field, Adam Riley, Paul Lynch was immense. Like he kicked so many frees in the first half. 
And of course, uh, James Cassidy, number 15, was class. He kicked great points, running from kind of centre out to the right side and kicking over with the wind, curling it. So Minolte are well-deserved winners today. And it was probably the only thing that was kind of taken aback was maybe the lack of intensity again, maybe from Karen Ross. I think we expected a big backlash after losing to Believer. Mm-hmm. And they did bring that maybe in the very early parts of the game. Like Frank Riley, uh, number 11, was class centre-forward. Kicked great frees, he kicked him into the wind as well. But I don't think he had as much support as he needed around him. And when Minolte brought the kind of they brought the the real charge at the end, he was just kind of isolated, and Minolte just deserved the win. Simple as that. Like it's a very good team on the day now. David, I suppose uh, for Karen Ross, two losses in a row, um, and it just makes their their summer an awful lot more difficult than it should be. And mm-hmm. than really, did. than we predicted, like we had them down as favourites. You know, they're flying high. No, well, and the three I picked on Zany to win, and you picked Karen Ross. Remember that, just for the record now. Let that show, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, sorry. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. we were we were talking <laughs> before before that crazy man came in and started talking about Zany. Um, <laughs> not, not, not that crazy one. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you in September, or October. Um, but like it, it just it's put Karen Ross in a very precarious position that they practically need to win their next three games to go through to a quarter final and haven't been favourites with a lot of people, bar Dunsany people, um, <laughs> at the start of the year. It just it's going to be a difficult one for them. It's sort of unraveling a little bit, and um, you know, two two defeats going into the break, and they would have been two games that they would have really targeted at winning. Like they have St. Ultons who are coming down from the intermediate championship and had a good win last week, and will fancy themselves to beat Clonard next week. That's going to be an extremely tough game. Moila as well, like the you know, that's going to be tough. And Clonard, you you just don't know what you're going to get. But realistically, as you said, they're going to have to win their three games and kind of hope that that's enough to take them through. It, it, it's probably not even the win in the three games it's such a long break now they're going into a three month break with two defeats going well in the league granted but you, th- that hasn't counted for anything so far mm-hmm. so it's 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 going to be a tough one for them for Minolte I mean that's the scalp that they would have been seeking for the last couple of years they're a young team and they needed a result like this mm-hmm. over their you know their near neighbours and arch rivals I suppose you could say in Karen Ross and today was probably the day that Minotti really kind of announced themselves on the big stage. I mean, Paul Lynch was initially suspended for this game. I actually was talking to his brother Ronan yesterday at the at the house draw at the launch, and I said, "Well, what's the crack? Any any news on the suspension?" And he just had a wry smile, and he he just says, "No, we haven't heard anything yet." But he got it overturned anyway. Played today, I think had a huge influence, as Kieran was saying. Um, and it was great to see. And and one thing that we did say when we mentioned our predictions last week was that you wanted to see Paul Lynch play mm-hmm. because. He is. He is not. No, no. But the neutral, the neutral did. Do you know? Because Paul Lynch is is Minolte's main man, and when he plays, you'd always give them a chance, no matter who they're against. You know, because he has that ability with free taking. I have to take play. that back. Remember, I said you. You said he's not that type of player, and then I said now he is. Well, now he's not again. Yeah. So he's bad. <laughs> and, and, and he was only. Yeah. But, uh, so he's only temporarily yeah. a bad a bad egg. For now he's grand three again. or four days. Yeah. yeah. But no, he's great, again. He's uh, nearly a bad egg. Yeah. A brilliant result overall, uh, yeah. and for Karen Ross, like I mean, you look, at, you'll t- you'll come to the league table, but bottom of the table, it's not where they would have envisaged themselves before a ball was kicked. A seamless link into the me mentioning Group A of the uh, Junior Championship, and uh, sitting pretty at the top is Minaldi, as David said, with three points. Beliver on two points, St Dalton's on two points, Clanard on one point. Moila on zero points, all having played just one game. And then Karen Ross sitting bottom of the table, having played two games, 
with no points and nobody could have envisaged that at all and um, that Conor Ross would be sitting at the bottom of that table after two games um, we're going to m- move on now there was one other game in uh, the Chocolate Terra Junior Championship that was taking place uh, today Sunday in Athboy and that was at 1.30 um, in the Clonagale uh, Football Club over there um, that incorporates Rathcarn and Athboy in an amalgamation and uh, it was a team that refuses to uh, amalgamate that was playing <laughs> against St Bridget's Corntown taking on St Bridget's today um, in, in Athboy as we said Eight points to six in favour of Courtown. Two wins from two, David Risman. And uh, it's Courtown for the Junior Championship. <laughs> Courtown will be hard bet. Uh, <laughs> look at it. it was, yeah, absolutely. It was it was a really tough game. I think that's probably reflected by the scoreline. 8-6, you know, it was a proper dog fight. And classic, I'd say. Yeah, a, a timeless classic. But um, look, it was 4-4 halftime. We had a bit of a breeze in the first half, not playing well. We didn't play well for the whole game, to be honest with you. But um, we're just delighted to get the win. For us, you know, going it's it's a completely different um turnaround to what we had twelve months ago. We went into the break with two defeats last year, two heavy defeats. Well, one not so heavy to Dunsany, but one extremely heavy to Beliver. And uh, but defeats know, nonetheless. Though. Yeah, yeah, defeats <laughs> nonetheless. And and Anthony Monaghan, our manager, our current manager at the time, came in halfway through the season and kind of steadied the ship last year. And I can't, I can't give him enough credit for what he's done with the with the group and, and the lads as well who've bought into it. He's kind of brought the smiles back and the buzzes back in the dressing room. Even last night, we had uh, we had a junior D game and there was 23 lads tugged out and there was a great buzz and there was a win there. And the two teams are kind of pushing each other. We're able to have games and training with 40, 30, 35 lads playing and, and, and it makes all the difference. But, you know, today today was just about grinding it out. St. Bridget's are a good side. Um, they were a little bit unlucky, I think, against Clannagale, a good Clannagale team last week. Um, and they have some fine players. But we got our matchups fairly spot on. Now, Cormac Lindsay was on, you know, Mickey Flood, who's who's a UCC Sigerson yeah. winner. Captain and their league team, as I said. Yeah, and did an unbelievable job and kept him as quiet as, could, could, as he possibly could, you know. Joe Blake was good for them as well, but... Uh, we had some brilliant performances. Connor Gleeson, cornerback, Barry Canning, uh, a Donegal man, his Glenn Swilly, his former club, actually won today as well. Last minute, Michael Murphy goal. So it was a really good day for him personally. He was outstanding. That Should he have been sent off in that game as well? Or? Uh, Michael Murphy? Yeah. I don't know. No. I was thinking <laughs> Barry. I'm over Jesus. it, I'm over it, I'm over it. What, what did Barry do today? But um, look at no, it was, it was a great win. And we had the bench, the, the couple of guys to come on and finish the job off. So yeah, happy out. Yeah, and looking at... Uh, Group B of the Junior Championship, Chocolateric Junior Championship, and sitting at the top of the table, Corton with four points, Clonagale, Dunsany on two points, both with one game played, St. Vincent's uh, and Kilmainham Wood, no points with one game played, and then St. Bridget sitting at the bottom of the table with no points, having played two well, games. Mickey, could we probably should get a poll start maybe on the Twitter. Will Corton be the worst ever team to win a Junior Championship? We've won, we've won already. Like, you know, I mean, this year, like, will, <laughs> will they be the worst team ever to win it? Like, well, know? if they won it, I don't think, no, I don't I don't think they'd care. I think, I think Court and Sleeping Giants. If they, if they won it, would that make them any worse than? Yeah, them? absolutely. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> but I think, I think, are they maybe just kind of dark horses for the championship, Court? Well, look, it's a, it's a really good start. Like as as David has already said, as David has already said, um, you know, this time last year they were going into the break hmm. on two heavy defeats. Well, two defeats, as you pointed out. And they're going in uh, on the back of two wins. Their junior team going well. There's a great buzz around uh, Courtown and around the team. They're getting plenty of players out. 
and that's what it's about and you know should they get through to a quarter final or a semi final or whatever you know isn't it great for them considering the the year they had last year and i just think it's brilliant and it just shows you that when you put the work in um anything can happen fact i think definitely going to be a hard team to beat this year hard bet yeah hard bet don't say any even harder bet hashtag. Um, I don't so, say any no good. Oh, no, no good, no, no good, good, no good. We'll, we'll play, we'll play both of them down, yeah, lads. Yeah. Um, no I, there was another game that took place today on Sunday, and this was in pace uh, up outside Dunboyne, and it was St Paul's taking on Summerhill in the Ideal Bathrooms Junior C Championship. We just want to give St Paul's a mention. They are a first team uh, from a club playing the Junior C Championship, and it was four goals and four points to St Paul's, one goal and ten to Summerhill. So a 16 points to 13 point win uh, in favour of St Paul's and, and and that's brilliant to see uh, such a small club, probably the smallest club in Mead, um, uh, getting a victory in the Junior C Championship there today. Yeah, many of our listeners mightn't know much about the club at all, like they're just there, you see their pitch actually on the motorway there on the M3, but it actually takes about 10 minutes to get to it, it's the yeah, most awkward place in the county to get to, yeah. it's nearly as good like going up to Mead Hill. Yeah. But, uh, You're not allowed to park on the edge of the motorway no. and just climb just across the fence. Yeah, yeah. No, no. <laughs> you should be, though. You should be, yeah. There should be a parking spot. But, like, there used to be back in the day, there were the Flat House was the club, and the Flat House would have contested an intermediate final back in the day, like, so they have a great tradition. Thanks of Anthony Moyles, that's his home club. Yeah, there's, there's, there's a nice bit of history with uh, the Flat House as well. Yeah, so I'm, I'm giving them the, the good side of history. Yeah, you're giving <laughs> the good side. I think they played in the junior championship final or something, or there was, and there was an awful row or something, and there was a load of them uh, uh, banned. This is going back. A long yeah, this time is, ago, yeah. and then they had to re rename the club. That's St Paul's funny. Yeah. So it really is the Flathouse Club under yeah. a different uh, visage, but but they've like they they've a lot of kind of history in the club. And it'd be nice to see them get back. They're probably their failing is at the moment. They're they're linked in with Dunboyne for the juvenile. Yeah, and of course the village saying, the yeah. village of Dunboyne dominates, and Kilbride <laughs> is actually in the parish of Dunboyne as well. So they've got three clubs there, and there's there is a good lot of people living in that parish. But you know you have a struggle when you have so many clubs like. But, yeah. but also they're they're. Clonee is the club like yeah, and, and they're this side of Clonee if that yeah. makes sense so if if there's any good and upcoming footballers from Clonee Dunboyne is the club that actually yeah. is before they and, get to St Paul's and they have their own problems with lads going into Dublin play for Aaron Cabra mm. and they're not supposed to and that's a whole different we could have a whole special edition podcast with that like location <laughs> location is a problem for them and, Absolutely. and I suppose uh, you know that was that had to be Facilitated with the with the motorway being built and stuff, um, <laughs> picky. Yeah, sorry, God bless me is, is what he's trying to say there. I just have a, a dose of the sneezes here coming on. Um, it's been a fairly cold weekend for football. Everyone was at a game with yeah, empathise. I was at a game on Friday. Played a game on Saturday, and I'm absolutely frozen. And I think I've got a bit of a head cold. And uh, so, if, well, you're um, a bit of a dose anyway. So you're <laughs> I got well, I got one anyway off you probably. Um, we're going to move on now. Anyway, a great win there for St Paul's in the Junior C Championship and well done so we're going to move on now to round two of the championship the fixtures that are coming up and we're going to do a preview of them now if you'd like to advertise on the we are mead podcast please get in contact with us by emailing we are mead at gmail.com or contact damien on 085 1127 089 the We Are Me podcast, because it matters more. So the preview of uh, the championships, we're going to start off with the uh, Ferry House Steel uh, Senior Football Championship Group A. This has taken place, uh, the first game here is Saturday, 
the 20th of April and this that's next Saturday venue is Simonstown it's round two and it's Navin O'Matney's against Screen Lads and uh, this uh, this is a tough one to call but uh, David like I suppose O'Matney's flying this year Screen got their win in the first round of the championship having had a kind of a, a, a an iffy start to the year through league through their league campaign compared to last year and it's a game, I suppose, that Screen need to win here. It is. It is probably a game that'll get them up and running. Um, I'm not sure they'll actually do, get the win. Uh, I think O'Mahony's, as you said, are flying and their league form is so good. And in this case, league form is actually applying to the championship form. They had a really good win the first day out. I think their forward line, even minus Rory O'Quill on the last day, did some did untold as Buff Egan would say um, yeah, the new lad Oshie O'Brien was brilliant wasn't yeah, it yeah 2-1 and you have the likes of Giller and, and Stephen Bray still there And he was nearly a court-in man as well Oshie O'Brien <laughs> he was nearly a court-in man it's not a pity he got he sense <laughs> um, yeah but uh, look at it he's, he's a savage player I believe and um, you still have it's their strength and depth I mean David Bray didn't start the last day you know bringing on a, a player of the calibre David Bray and that so I think screen Without Harry Rooney as well, big loss. Around I think, the mid- I think Robbie Clark well. is coming back for them for the next round. I think yeah, he's due sure back from injury, yeah. so he's a massive player for screen. But still going on the game, screen kicked off freeze to beat some pats. Mm. It wasn't exactly a, a classic either. But I think the O'Mahony's actually dominated against Centrum, but then they fell away near the end. Mm. So I think screen will be hoping to capitalise maybe on the fact that the, there's maybe a bit of frailty at the backs maybe for O'Mahony's. Now, it mightn't be a big frailty, but there's definitely... There's an there's an opening there if the likes of Paddy O'Rourke can click and win ball inside like yeah Paddy O'Brien as you said kicked an awful lot of frees against uh, Paddy St Pat's or oh, Paddy O'Rourke Paddy O'Brien Paddy O'Rourke <laughs> yeah I'm just thinking of Paddy O'Brien Park and uh, now for Navan Paddy O'Rourke kicking I think it was nine nine or ten points against St Pat's um funnily enough the both of you there saying it could go either way I'm just looking at our predictions and all four of us have predicted Navan's win on this one <laughs> after all of your your plugging there for screen to get inside and get the victory oh, I there well no, I didn't say um, that I just said they have a chance that's they have a chance the yeah slim one yeah but you're going, <laughs> we've all picked an avenue at least the second game in group A will take place on Sunday next uh, April the 21st the first venue is Ratkenny and it's St. Pat's against Gail Column Kill and Kieran, I believe your father knows the Gail Column Kill's team very well he might have taught a few of them did he yeah I think it was up in Stubble and I know uh, Gail Column Kill yeah he, yeah <laughs> They, he taught all the good things to do, like the skillful kind of dexterous play they Panache have. But, and all that. But yeah. uh, some of their the some of the disciplinary problems that might fall in the mud time, nothing to do with that. <laughs> <laughs> that was when they were in the bowl corner or whatever. This is this is a big game for St. Pat's. Um, again, uh, the, with the way the championship is, is is fixed this year, with three teams going down from senior championship, um, it's it, it, it's a huge game for St. Pat's basically. Yeah, I think St. Pat's, I think they will struggle a lot in, in this game. I think Gail Cullumkill, a bit of a wobble against Unshocklin, but I think ultimately they do have the firepower and the personnel to win the game. We might discuss maybe that they haven't uh, added to the squad maybe that much maybe in the last year or so, but the squad they have is a seasoned veteran kind of senior football team now, and I think they will have enough with the likes of the Beano and Seamus Matt and one of these lads to get through. So I think Pat's will struggle. I just don't think they have the same firepower, so... Yeah, um, I, I know you're saying, Kieran is saying that they stumbled a bit against uh, Dunshockland last year or last week. I think Dunshockland are a side that have really improved this year um, and are going to be very hard bet. Um, 
he also did mention the fact that the strength and depth that, or the, the strength of the forwards, I suppose, when you're talking about Matamo and you're talking about Bino, and you've got Finn Ferguson, Fionn Ferguson he's there. He's actually gone away, would you believe? Fionn has gone away, so he's yeah. not going to be Oshin, there. So. Oshin Riley's another good young, yeah. the youngest lad. Ferguson, sorry, Fionn Riley has gone away. Fionn Riley, yeah, right. yeah. Fionn Ferguson is there. So, like, they, yeah. like they do have some quality footballers, and how do you see this one going yourself? Yeah, I, I think I agree with Kieran on a lot of the points. I think they, they will have too much. I think Pat's best you know, way into the game is to probably make it a dogfight from the start, which, you know, I'd imagine they probably will try and do crowd out Kells as much as possible. The forecast is for sun splitting the stones yeah, and which, not an inch or in. Which, which won't suit Pats, you know. I think if Kells get dry weather and, it, you know, Rakeni's probably not the biggest of pitches, which might suit Pats in a way, but I just think overall the class will tell. I don't think it'll be... You know, it, it could be similar to the screen and Pats game. I think Kells will win, but it mightn't be just as handsome. I think I agree. With you. I think it'll be a very similar pattern to that yeah, game. Yeah, but I think Kells will win. Yeah, I've, I, I think uh, we. I'm just going to have a look at our predictions here again and just see what way we've all gone on the the Kells game and on the Gail Column Kill. We have all gone for a Gail Column Kill win against St Pats. So, um, there's one for the St Pats team just to hold up. Uh, in their dressing room um, we'll move on now the third game in round or in sorry in group A sees uh, Dunshockland taking on Centralstown that's on Sunday and the venue is Ashburn we don't have time so we do have time there for that one it is 3 o'clock the Gail Collin St Pat's game is at 12 o'clock in, in Rackenny and the Navano Matney's game against uh, Screen is at half 7 in Simonson sorry we didn't give you those so Dunshockland v Centralstown 3 o'clock in Ashburn on uh, on Sunday, David Rispin, um It's hard. It's a hard game to call the Centralstown and Chocolate one. I suppose both teams are like Dunchockland are operating in division or in division one. Centralstown are operating in division two, mid table. Dunchockland are mid table in division one. So going by that kind of form, you'd have to suggest that Dunchockland will be the stronger team here. Yeah, I I think so. I think look at Centralstown are up near the top of division two, but they're not really blowing teams away, but. They'll, they'll take heart from their comeback against O'Mahony's. Uh, Dunshockland will probably take a lot of heart from their performance in, in general against Kells and probably unfortunate not to get something out of the game. But I do agree with you. I think Dunshockland have introduced um, some young blood into the team this year. The likes of Costello, Luke Mitchell, you know, um, I think Dan Ormsby. Um, but they have some, some John Crimmins is there a long time too. Tygo Duchlon, Ben Duggan. They have quality. And I think when it comes down to it, this is a huge game for both, by the way, because you know the winner of this can start looking up, yeah. you know, after the break and start looking at that probably it's second. The biggest, spot. it's the biggest game in that group. It's, I'd say. it's probably the biggest game in the senior championship next weekend. Mm, I'd even suggest, yeah, yeah, because the winner of this is going to be in a really good position. The loser is going to be in a, in a perilous position going coming back for the third round. I think Dunchoclin will get the better essentially ten, not by a whole pile, but I think they'll win. Yeah, and uh, Kieran, I suppose, like. We mentioned that there are their two league standings this year, but Centralstown are going to be really, um, I suppose, buoyed up by the fact that they they did so well against a, a very strong Navin and team last week. Absolutely. I think both the Chocolate and Centralstown really made great showings against two of the bigger teams in the Senior Football Championship. So I think Centralstown probably, the fact that they came back so strong, and maybe if the game went on for 10 more minutes, they might have... I know it's easy saying that now, but they might have done more. But uh, I think Sensen could could shock. But okay, I went. I predicted Dunchoclin myself just because I seen Dunchoclin play against Gail Colm and I was impressed. I didn't see the Sensen match because it was in Avon. 
So I just based on that I can go on for Dunjocklin, but it's gonna be that's a very tight one. That one that could be a draw. Well, just as you mentioned uh, your prediction, uh, I'll go straight to them. Dunshockland and Centristown, yourself and David Rispin have gone for Dunshockland win and myself and uh, Brian Kelly have gone for Centristown win. Now, I don't know whether uh, joining Brian Kelly on the same type of prediction or joining him predicting Centristown is a good thing or a bad thing for me. Um, (laughs) Well, history would... History would would suggest that uh, I'm going to get that wrong. uh, You have a few down the line there, same as Brian, and I'm worried now. I'm worried, I'm worried. That is... Huge game for both of those teams next weekend in the Senior Championship from Shockton uh, versus Centristown. Three o'clock in Ashburn on Sunday. Uh, we're going to move on now to the Fairy House Steel Group B. And uh, the first game is on Saturday in Trim. And this sees Kenny versus Longwood. And while you were saying that the Dunshockland and uh, uh, Stone game is a massive game. I think this is probably the biggest game of of, of the championship next weekend. Longwood versus um, uh, Ratkenny and David Rispin. This this is a hard game to call. We discussed uh, the, the both of their losses mm. on last week's uh, podcast. I think Stone or I think Ratkenny lost by twelve. Mm. And, Manalvi, yeah. and Longwood 26. lost by a, a, a big score. I'm not even going to try and count yeah. it. Yeah, it was 26. Um, but 7 16 to 11, if you want to be very precise. Well, I, I, I just didn't <laughs> want what you were trying to do there. In fairness, I, was just, I just didn't want to mention but this David fact. David and I was, wanted to show how want, clever we you were. You want to nail it to them. So yeah. how clever we but were. But, like, <laughs> which team is going to be easier to motivate going into this game? Oh, Jesus, that's a good question. Uh, I think both of them will be easily motivated in the sense that they'll both realise that this is a crunch game for for both. Um, I, I, I think it's a bigger game for Rakeni. I think Longwood are still kind of... No one's expecting them, really, realistically, to beat Rakeni. Mm. But they'll feel that they have a chance. And, you know, whilst, whilst they were bet by 26 points, Rakeni being bet by 12 points to Manalvi was mm. was a, a, as big of of a hammering in their in when you put it into perspective in their own yeah yeah uh, so well hardly Brian Kelly's um, whole idea of geography and trim the fact that Rakeni yeah. don't know where trim is you know and but then Long would have to drive through it to Navin they got you know? such a hammering there the yeah. last time as well so <laughs> like your PDC whatever <laughs> it's a tricky one but look at I think Rakeni should have should have too much to be honest with you for Longwood yeah yeah and I suppose we'll 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 look at the predictions and uh uh, Kieran, Brian Kelly, and uh, David Rispin have all gone for a Rakeni win. Um, the boys from Longwood can be delighted to know that I have said and predicted that they're going to get a win. They're going to get their first senior championship win um, uh, this weekend over Rakeni. Um, I think Mickey Burke and the boys are going to do it. I think uh, if Owen Lynch is available, I know he wasn't didn't tug out the first day. Um, against Rath- Rathoth if he's available I think that he could just be the difference between the teams yeah it's going to be interesting and probably the likes of Donald Keoghan will he will he end up marking Ryan Moore or, mm. or will the fact that I'm not gonna, I don't want to use the, kind of the, the marquee forward that they don't have a Killian O'Sullivan Longwood maybe that kind of hurt that Donald will get more up the field more attacking yeah. that was kind of a bit of my rationale for picking Rakeni that I think Keoghan will have a much more influential game than he did to get marking Killian O'Sullivan so I think the likes of Longwood, I think, excelled with very solid midfield and backs with Dame O'Healy, Owen Lynch, Mickey Burke last year, and even like Stenson kind of moving up the field. Ryan Moore had a great championship last year, but I think he, I'm not sure if James O'Hare maybe goes back and marks him maybe for a Kenny. It's hard to know. And then there's Aaron Ennis, I think he had a great game against Rotholt. He was one of the few that stood out for Longwood. 
So he could he could give um, Rakeni something to think about too. So I'd imagine James O'Hare would probably pick him up. And if, if Ryan Moore is at 11, it'd probably suit for Donald Kogan to mm. pick him up at six. So it'll be interesting to see how them play out. They're, they're probably key matchups in the sense. Um, but look, in midfield is a big thing too. I'd imagine if Damo Healy and possibly Mickey Burke against um, against Brian Mead and um, Le, who could be there. Well, Donegan was in the Donegan, forwards. Yeah. He comes out the field a bit as well. Depends on who actually goes in the middle. A few key battles, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's it's a tough one to call, and uh, um, it's again, you know, get out, see these games next weekend. It's going to make a huge difference to what way teams will be, um, I suppose, preparing for the second part of the championship after the break. Um, the second game in uh, Group B sees. Rathod taking on Dunnebar Ashburn, a local derby here. This is on Saturday, uh, the 20th of April at half five, and it's in Park Tolchin um, on Saturday evening. And this is this is a classic. This is two teams who had good wins in the opening round of the championship, and uh, it's a real hard one to call. And again, as we said earlier on, David Risbon, when it comes to a, a local derby, all form and everything goes out the window. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And, and like we talked about last week, you know, how... How are Rotok going to kind of motivate themselves for you know for a second round game after winning so handsomely in the first game? Probably a local derby is the only way you can focus the minds, and they shouldn't really have a problem. Getting the lads back is key for them. I think they're missing the two Wallaces and they're missing Brian McMahon. Brian Power didn't play, did he? Brian Power as well. Like I'm not four, sure if McGowan was marked as a sub in the program. I'm not sure yeah. if he started or not. They're four or five, you know, real influential players, and I think Ashburn. I was really impressed with them against Summerhill. I thought they were excellent. Um, fitness and everything was was on point really for the time of the year you were talking uh, you know on the basis of that they came through a really tough examination against the uh, against last year's senior finalists mm. in Summerhill so I think you have to take that into consideration too they do have a strong bench like Andy Tormey didn't start the last day you know to be bringing on a player like that Colin Omuelo another man as well that you're well aware did start of. on 50 of the 59 clubs easily Absolutely, not more yeah. So that, that's the strength and depth. And even when you look at their intermediate team, Killian Price, you know, a savage young player isn't even getting a run out for their seniors. And I, I suspect he probably will at some stage and it could be uh, Saturday. <laughs> Sunday, is it? Um, <laughs> no, Saturday. Saturday in Paritals, yeah. half five. So I, I, think, I think on the base of that, I think Ashburn will probably just about get the nerve. And Kieran, you're, you're in a similar boat, I think, are you? I think, yeah, Dunamore, I think just slightly. They bet them, didn't we say that? Dunamore bet them in the championship last year in the quarterfinal, wasn't it? Yeah. It was a real dogged defensive affair. Dunamore had... Everyone, the whole nine seven or something, the whole like town that. behind the yeah. behind the bus, like the bus was very much parked, and it'd be interesting to see now will they go down a similar route defensively or will they push out and attack more? You will see in in the group stage you don't see tend to see teams doing that because mm. it's not knockout. When you get yeah. to knockout, it's all about winning, and you don't really care how you win. Um, at this stage of the season, probably both of them with the win under their belts, they're not going to be thinking. Well, if we lose this, our championship is over. You yeah, know, I think so that's they yeah. might, they, you might see a nice open game of football. Looking at the predictions, uh, the three of yous, that's Brian Kelly included with David Rispin and uh, Kieran um, Flynn, you've all gone for a Dunhamore-Ashburn win. Nobody has gone for a tote win. I've gone for a draw in that one. Um, local derbies, hard to... Hard to um, to to distinguish between the two teams which one's going to win even the Simonstown uh, Wolf Tones game the other night mm. for all intents and purposes looked like it was going to be a draw yeah. and just Simonstown finished the last three minutes what, really what, strong what did we do did we all pick Simonstown that one did we last week I can't um, remember did we all pick Simonstown 
Uh, I think we did. Yeah, I think we, all of us picked. We, I think yeah. we all did pick Simonson just to pip that one. Uh, I think there could have been a couple of draws in it as well. Look, we'll check the. We'll, we'll just check to remind everyone because I got the most of the podcast. Just that was kind of why I said that. All right. Well, I, yeah. I might just uh, check back over them and double check them just to make sure. But that's on the record it, now. It could be a point ahead of us or something like that. Um, I think it was convincing win, but we won't go there. So he's he's like a Liverpool supporter. He's always living in the past. Well, it's only um, the most recent. Like as in I won last week. Like, <laughs> <laughs> this week is most important. All right. Yeah. Um, the next game in Group B sees uh, Summerhill taking on Minalvi. This game is in Trim. It's also on Saturday. It's at six o'clock, and uh, Summerhill Minalvi, another local derby. And Kieran um, Minalvi with a great win against Rakeni the first day out. Summerhill with the loss against um, uh, Dunmore Dunham. Ashburn. It's it's a huge game for Summerhill pressure's on them and against against a local in a local derby that's not the way you want to be going yeah, into sure, local like derby. we know like Manalvi is only out the road like the pitch is only out the road there's such local like a lot of these lads went to school together in Skuldera they would have played football with each other in Kilcock so many uh, good battles over the year but Summerhill I think Declan McCabe is back managed them who managed them when they won the senior a few years ago you'd, you'd imagine that the first day out against Sunnamore was just first day out playing a really premier good team that they struggled, but I think Summerhill should come into their own, and like a lot of people pipped them to win the senior, and definitely they should be in the last four. So I think they'll have enough to beat Manalvi, but Manalvi definitely shaked up the form a little bit in their first round against Rakeni. I know Rakeni, debatably they're a poorer team, but I think the likes of O'Sullivan, the form he had for the county, Park Harnan, uh, McLaughlin, there's so many lads there from Manalvi are starting to come into it now that uh, Summerhill might struggle, but I think they should have enough. It's going to be tighter though than last year if they played if you know what I mean absolutely and David um, you have great ties over there in Summerhill so uh, <laughs> um, uh, what way do you see this one going I think it'll be tight and it'll be close and it's a lot bigger a game that we probably would have anticipated mm. um, before round one you know Manalvi Rakeni we all thought it was probably a 50-50 game and most of us probably expected Summerhill to get the better done in Rashburn so it's probably similar to the Karen Ross and Minalti game in the junior today Um you know, Summerhill would have been well fancy to do very well in the senior. And if they go into the break with two defeats, and Manalvi go into it with two wins, I mean, that's a complete. Did Summerhill win their championship with two defeats in the, when they won 2012, wasn't it? No, good did they have two defeats in the group stages? I think they did. And they won the other three. Well, Simonson. Yeah. 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 I think Simonson Summerhill. 2016 had one point from three games. Yeah. Won their last two games and went down. I think to Summerhill. Win. I'm not sure if they lost the two in April now, but they lost two games. Now, here's one for you, right? So we did that in 2016, but in 2017, we won every single game on the way to winning that championship. We won every group game and won all of the knockout games. I want you, Kieran, Kieran Flynn, to uh, look back through the records and see if you can remember another team in the last 10-15 years that had won every single game on the way to win a senior Well I know people that would know I wouldn't know that if Well you ask your people <laughs> <laughs> But anyway getting back to that uh, getting back to that game uh, between Summerhill and Minalvi looking down uh, three of yous have gone for uh, a Summerhill win and I actually couldn't separate them I just I, I, I've gone for a draw here again because another local derby one of these local derbies has to end in a draw. <laughs> you know, one of them has to. <laughs> so that is uh, Group B. We're going to move on now to Group C of the Various Steel Senior Championship. And um, uh, in Group C on Thursday, uh, April the 18th, that's uh, the, this Thursday, it's going to be Wolf Tones against St. Peter's Dunboyne. That's at 8 o'clock. 
and it's in screen. So David Rispin, um, we spoke about Wolf Tones already, um, having played Simons during the other night. This is a massive game for for Wolf Tones um, with their championship aspirations. Yeah, it it really is, and it's a it's it's been a really tough start for them. I mean, Simon's turned first day out, Dunboyne second day out, playing the last three winners, I suppose, two teams, but the last three winners of the senior championship. You know, you couldn't have asked for a really tougher start for them. It might suit Tones. They're one of these teams that you know after defeat they they generally do bounce back. Uh, Dunboyne. Whilst the bet could have first day out, I don't think they set the world alight. They're probably just looking to kind of keep their powder dry and just kind of, if they can, cruise through the first two games and kind of peak later on in the year. They'll probably need to up their game a little bit more if they're going to get the better of Wolf Tones. But for me, I do think they have a little bit too much for the Wolf Tones. I'd be just worried defensively again, going back to the other night, Wolf Tones did cough up a lot of goal chances. Simonstown didn't take them on the night. Lucky enough, in the end, didn't have to. But I think if Dunboyne get the same opportunities, the likes of Robbie McCarthy, David McEntee, guys like this, if they get them opportunities, I think they'll slot them away and I think Wolf Tones could be punished. Yeah, it's a it's a, it's a huge game for Wolf Tones. They, they did cause Simonson a lot of trouble themselves the other night and creating a lot of goal chances. But how do you see um, their chances against Dunboyne on, in screen on Thursday night, Kieran? Uh, the Tones are always a team that are difficult to play against. But I think St. Peter's Dunboyne... They're probably slightly longer down the road of development that they really have the strength and condition and all these kind of things sorted probably further down the line. The Tones have a young enough squad mixed in with a few veterans like Shepard and that. I think Dunboyne will be stronger than them and I think Dunboyne will be in that last four as well at the end of the year. So I'd envision them winning all their games probably in that group, if maybe not the Simonson game, maybe it could be 50-50. You're, you're only saying that because I'm sitting here in front of you, within arm's reach yeah, well, <laughs> of your nose. I'll give you the first one, I'll give you the first one for free. <laughs> um, yeah, well, just moving on to the predictions for that game, all four of uh, the dummies that sit here doing the podcast have gone for St. Peter's Dunboyne win. Um, so, funnily enough, it's kind of, kind of a running theme throughout Group C, but we'll come back to that now in a minute. The second game uh, taking place also on Thursday night. Um, this is The venue is Ashburn for this game, and it's St. Colin Kills against Simonstown. It's an 8 o'clock throw-in in Ashburn, and um, a, a big game, St. Colin Kills, Simonstown. There's the Des Lane and uh, Jude McNabb uh, connection with uh, with Colin Kills and Simonstown. And uh, David, I suppose this is going to be this 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 is a, this is a tough game to call in fairness, so it is. Yeah, and I suppose again, harping back to the defensive, you know, frailties, we could we could say with Simonstown that they're going to be fully tested again. You, you know, the three guys who we already spoke about before, you know, James Conlon, Biggie Riley, and Ben Brennan for St. Column Kills. You'd expect them thrown in with the likes of Jack Reynolds, Conor even uh, Kieran Kelly played really well. Kieran Kelly came on, so you'd expect better, him to yeah. maybe start, um, possibly in their six really good forwards. I think Column Kill's problem sometimes is around midfield and defensively. They can, whilst they all always kind of clock up a decent score, they, they do let in soft goals and soft scores as well. And I think Simon Sound have the forward line to to punish um, any any mistakes you know in the Column Kill's backs, and I think. Over the piece, I think with the Des Lane factor, Squealer Kane, I know he's not going to be involved with, with injury in that, but you know, he has huge links to both clubs too. <laughs> it, it's a real kind of one for the romantics in, in me, GF. 
Yeah, Kieran, I suppose when 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 you look at it and what David is mentioning is basically that Simonson have had a lot of spies in St. Column Kills over the last number of years. Well, they'll be checking the water, the water in the clubhouse <laughs> for the next week or two. You yeah. know, Squealer Kane is over there. We sent Des Lane over, infiltrated them there for a while, um, for a few years. Um, maybe it, is that it, Jude is in Simonson. Maybe he's a spy going back to well, the Well, that's so. it. Well, unless he's going back to Tyrone, I don't know. <laughs> uh, there's there's nobody in Tyrone that'd be worried about Simonson or Column Kills just yet, maybe. Yeah. But. Uh, you know, it's a. Is that gonna is that gonna be a factor in the game? Do you think? I don't think so. I think Simonson have a proven track record in recent years, and I think the kills. I know there's only so many years they can be new to senior. You know the kind of idea, but mm. I think that they're kind of getting themselves settled maybe as a middle middle kind of table in the senior. I don't see St. Column Kills winning a senior in the next five years, but at the same time, I think they will retain their status with. Oh, I wouldn't say ease, but I think they will retain their status for the next five or six years. It's a big shout uh, when you consider um, the underage success. Well, that's, what, that's what I'm saying in about six years' time. Seven the, years' time, the, I think they're coming. Over the last number of years. We're told had that ten years ago, and all the McGowns and Wallace Nod are now the, the senior standard. Yeah. And they still only got to the And, ju- and just again, so. to give St. Colin Kills a shout-out, they actually beat Simonstown in the... Um, Minor uh, operation talk down the opposition. <laughs> uh, minor division one final today played in Central Centralstown. It went to extra time, and I think the final score was five, five fourteen to one fourteen or something. We're, it it was it was actually that game was being played while we were doing the podcast, and that's why Brian Kelly wasn't able to uh, attend. But it is a St. Columns kills win there. In and the it was under. two men to get the three G in his phone to Skype himself in. Well, so. that's it as well. Uh, just on the predictions uh, again. All four of the dummies here on the podcast went for a Simonson victory over St. Columns. And kills. I, as I said, I did that under under duress. For fear of safety of life, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love the way he gets that in just so that, yeah. so that next week if St. Colum kills, didn't well, I? Wanted to pick well, I wanted Colum to pick yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, then brilliant. I did pick Simonson at the way, you know. Brilliant. Oh, <laughs> uh, the last game in uh, in Group C sees Curaha taking on the Fianna. This is on Saturday, it's in Park Tolchin and it's at four o'clock. Um, Curaha and the Fianna. This, this is another one of those games that we've been speaking about, um, David. Um, similar to we'll say Centerstown, uh, the Red Kenny game, Ballock, all those teams that are playing against each other. This again, two teams that although Nafina had a great win first day out, yeah. they, you know, they will be they both of these teams would be fighting for that third spot yeah. and fighting to stay out of relegation as well. Yeah, Curaha were were beaten by Dunboyne, no shame in that, but they weren't disgraced by any no. means. Put up a really good display and gave the champions a real run for their money. Nafina probably it was a, it was a fifty fifty game with Column Kills and it it, it kind of panned out that way you know the it was the, the result was kind of never never secured until the final couple of minutes of that game they will go into this game as favourites and rightly so I think against Curaha but Curaha are a tricky t- team and and I know Kieran said that too last week that when they have everyone they, you yeah. know they have a tight squad and that but when they have everyone available to them last summer they lost a lot of lads to kind of J1s and J1. injuries and whatever it was but at the minute the they seem to be in the apron, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, so. but at the minute they seem to be strong and and they'll probably fancy themselves in Nav and to have a, to have a crack at Nafina and maybe pull off a, 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 I suppose it, it wouldn't be a major shock but it w- would be a shock of some description yeah Absolutely, and but, I, but I'm going for Nafina. <laughs> <laughs> um, I suppose that's a good point to time to bring in our predictions, Kieran. We've all gone for Nafina here in in Group C. Uh, all of the four pundits or uh, gobshites uh, have all gone. <laughs> 
uh, with uh, the favourites St. Peter's done by and Simonson and Nafina in all four in all three games which is very unlike us to be in agreement on anything or else we're all going to be wrong because Brian Kelly went that way so <laughs> it's going to be four of us all wrong so, so I think we just talked about the young guns and Nafina I think uh, the very good players come up from the 18s and 20s in the, yeah. in, in the kind of recent years and at the moment so I think they're the guys I know Cora have good young lads too but I think they're the lads Nafina are going to promote and do well and then the two Queenie brothers more the elder states but a few lads the Barretts the few lads like that are brilliant so I think Nafina will win so yeah we've We've all gone for Nafina. So we're going to move on now to the Intermediate Football Championship, the Mead Potato Intermediate Football Championship. And in Group A, Park Talchin, the venue on Sunday. And it is round two, Bannock v Old Castle. Why have you got that there? That's the wrong one. That was it's not already. a fixture. It's the date there, the yeah. 14th, which is... Oh, okay, and that was, that was last Sunday. Um, Bannock v <laughs> Old Castle. I think we know the victory went to uh, Old Castle here. Sorry, Sunday the 21st. April. That's uh, the future. Yeah. yeah, that's the future. Yeah, but it's 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 the round two. Um, Indrum Condra. That's the venue. Nover takes on Mead Hill local derby there. Two thirty on Sunday the twenty first. And um, Kira, we we'll go to David for this one. Um, Nover Mead Hill. This uh, huge game. Mm, really big game. Local derby again. Nover coming off the back of an impressive result uh, against Oldcastle, I'm, and I'm sure the form kind of backs that up today with Oldcastle beating Ballinlock then so comfortably with Ballinock beating uh, Drumbarra in the other game. But in the flip side of that, Mead Hill had a good win themselves. Without setting the world alight now against Kilmainham, it has to be said, they got the job done, they weren't brilliant, they won't really care. It's, it's a really tricky one. All these all these games in the intermediate generally are. I think for me, I, I'd have to go with Nabber, um, just on the basis of, you know, they, they were playing with 14 men for most of the game against Oldcastle and probably should have won the game, got a draw out of it. Mead Hill weren't great. I think they'll have to up their ante you know, quite significantly to get a result here. So number for me. Yeah. Um and uh, I suppose Brian Farrell really stood out for Nobber last week and uh we'd be expecting um uh if he can put in a shift like he did last week that it could go Nobber's way. Just on the predictions, uh yourself and Kieran Flynn have gone for a Mead Hill win. No no I'm Nobber a minute. Um I'm yellow. You're yellow. Um, okay, so it's yourself and uh, Kieran Flynn have gone for another win, and myself, sorry, and uh, Brian Kelly have gone for a Mead Hill win. So that's a that's a uh, we're split on that one. Uh, we're going to move on now to the second game uh, taking place, uh, and it's another. There was three local derbies mm-hmm. in in Group A, so it was the like all six teams are from very close, but these are the closest the uh, par- uh, parishes to them. So the next one is Kilmainham and Drumbarra, um, and it's on Sunday. It's a Park Talchin, and the time for that one is half three. Um, there's only an hour. Be, oh yeah, between those two games, um, Drumbarra and Kilmainham. We'll go to you, Kieran Flynn, for your prediction on this one or your thoughts on this game. Yeah, both teams played in Partholston last week, and uh, interesting kind of displays by both teams. Like Drumbarra looked like they were going to absolutely demolish Banlock, and they were really going to romp home and have a great win. But they just the wheels came off the bus at the end, and they just kind of slowly, kind of slowly lost their lead, and they were very disappointed in their loss. And then the other side, Clemenum, the Clemenum Mid Hill game, Clemenum never really got going, but did a few kind of whimpers. And like Mickey Newman was incredible when he got on the ball, probably just didn't get enough ball. So it'd be interesting now what will Dunbarra do to stifle Mickey Newman? Like, will Mickey Newman get on the ball? Like, some of the Dunbarra lads, they started off brilliantly, 
but just couldn't execute when they were under severe pressure at the end. So these boys would have played all underage together at the Round Towers. Some of them would have played under 21 together, Clement and Umbara. So the, the, these boys, like they're running the, un, the underage Round Towers together. It's going to be... It's going to be one of the tightest games in that championship this weekend. And I think predicting, like, I did go for a, I think I went for a Dumbarra win, but it's going to be very close to being a draw. I think this is going to be a game now. As you said, Dave, you watched the game last year mm-hmm. in the park, Colum Cale, and it was a class game last year. Yeah, yeah, he's at it again. So he is, he's saying that his prediction has gone one way, but that he could have went for either of the result. <laughs> so that he can cover all bases. Um, in fairness, I'm good to what looking, I do, you know? looking at our predictions, we've all gone for a Dumbarra win. But as you did say, um, you know, like Dumbarra are going to be very hard to to lift after the manner of their collapse last week. Kilmainham, if they can get Mickey Newman moving, um, you know, that, that he could be the difference, and especially in Park Tolchin and the open field of Park Tolchin, it As could suit him down to Mickey the Mickey said, at having the dinner after the Donegal game, he said, the space is my friend. That's the what he did say. The space is his friend. The space and, is his friend, definitely. Um, and the space of, of, of Park Tolchin may may help him out there. And, but we've all gone for a drum barrow and we can't change it now. We're going to move on now to Group B. And on Saturday uh, in Athboy, uh, it's Balnebracki taking on Castletown. And uh, David Rispin, um, Balnebracki and Castletown. Castletown flying at the moment um, league-wise. Mm. But uh, this is a tough one to call. Really tough one to call. I know. I know. Castletown won first day out, and Ballinabracky were narrowly beaten by Trim. But you'd have to say these two are probably at very similar ends of the spectrum. Uh, there isn't really a whole pile to choose between the two teams. They have the same color jerseys and everything. That's the two, complete, yeah. The so that, that's probably going to be an issue again. <laughs> but like even even in personnel, they have a few quality operators. I know we we've spoken about Kevin Ross last week. He was he was outstanding, but. Balnebracki have some great players too. Danny Quinn, who's in with the county and that, he, he is their go-to man. But they also have the likes of Nicky Judge, Juicy O'Connor, Damien Carroll. So they do have quality in their in their side. Castletown have really had a you know good uplifting year with Rusty Tiernan at the helm. You know the, He's really lifted spirits and results in, in terms of performance and everything else. So... This is this is gonna be a this is gonna be a, a real ding dong battle. I think I've gone for a draw on this one. I think you have is right. David Rispin has gone for a draw in this one, and I just want to bring you back to the Nobber and Mead Hill game. I just had a bit of a mistake uh, on that one. It is actually me and David Rispin that have gone for a Nobber win, and it is Brian Kelly and it is Kieran Flynn who went for a Mead Hill win. Just to let you know, uh, you sure about that? I thought I went for another hundred percent. You're green and I'm yellow, and uh, I'm green. And, oh, I yeah, yeah. So, my feet, father. <laughs> <laughs> those might be so. I, I was right, just yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was right, so um, uh, we'll, can I change it? Now? No, you can't change it. That's well, what matter. I can claim just on the ball in the Bracky <laughs> Castletown game. Um, on, myself and Brian Kelly went for a ball in the Bracky win. Um, Kieran Flynn, yeah. you went for a Castletown win, and uh, oh, def- I battled a Brackish. I said they're going to win the intermediate. Definitely, Are you sure you're reading that right, Tony? Kieran, you're green, so yeah. Uh, I think you may have, have made a mistake on these. Well, I might have done it wrong, but definitely battled a Bracky. You're definitely my team. Um, That's a mistake on my end, probably. 
So we'll have to come back to the predictions on that one. So we will. Well, I've given them to you now, Orly. Sure, they don't. They can't see the colours. Bella Brecky or, or no, my we, men. We, we have we have we have the picture here, so that's fine. Uh, we're going to be using. <laughs> you're, painting, this you're painting a bad picture. Um, of me now. We're going to move on now to the next of our games, and it sees uh, Sidden taking on St Michael's. This game is in Mead Hill on Saturday, and it's at six uh, thirty um, on Saturday evening. And Kieran Flynn, uh, Sidden. St Michael sitting operating in Division One of the league, um, but struggling at the minute. Yeah, and I think the absence of Dara Rowe is probably one of the major issues that they've had. And I think he is the fulcrum of the team. And realistically, when he doesn't play, they struggle to score a lot of points. So, I think St Michael's, I think a team that was in the championship final two years ago against Curaha and were bet. I think they have a chance to come back strong. The Michaels this year, I would be predicting the Michaels will win, but. You know yourself with the local derbies, there's so many of them in the championship, but it's nearly like we'd only pick them ourselves nearly for the localities, but I think the Michaels have the strength to win the game. Yeah, funnily enough, we've all gone for a St. Michael's win uh, in that one. Uh, again, all four of us uh, in cahoots, mm-hmm. I suppose, on this one. We'll move on to the next, the third game, uh, which sees Bective taking on Trim. This is at 12 o'clock in Sean Newman Park on Sunday. Um, and... Uh, Bective Trim, David Rispin, this is, uh, I suppose, Trim, uh, with a full complement at the moment, are a very, very strong prospect. And, and Bective having coming up two years ago, um, or three years ago now, um, you know, they, they, they will want to get a win here in, in, in the Championship. Yeah, they, they shipped four goals the last day, scored four goals as well, but... They'll need to tighten up defensively. I think Trim had a great win and they'll welcome back Aaron Lynch, I'm sure, to the starting 15 after his suspension. He's going to be, you know, another another real problem um, for Bective, how they're going to deal with him along with the other guys from Trim who are playing really well. Bective have quality, but I think Trim are one of the front runners for this intermediate championship and I think um, I think they should have too much overall for, for Bective, yeah. Yeah, and looking at it, we've all gone for a trim win, um, especially uh, with, with with the convincing win the trim had in the championship last week. We're going to move on now to uh, the next group, which is Group C in the Intermediate Championship, and it sees Dundery taking on Blackhall Gales. This game is on Saturday, and the venue is Mynalvi, and it's four thirty kickoff. So, uh, Kieran Flynn, Dundery, and Blackhall Gales, um, two teams with. I suppose Dundry have been trying to get up to senior for the last number of years Blackhall Gales have just come out of senior so both of them with the same uh, uh, prospects they're trying they're trying to get back up to that senior championship um, in a hurry yeah I was impressed with Dunderry last week The I thought like we talked about the bomber Farrell Middlefield Con Roche Luke Martin uh, Connor Daly there were so many lads actually played well Connor Dempsey at full back I think Dundery were very impressive last week and I didn't see the Blackhall game uh, they played Dunhamore second team and they had, we talked about last week they had a few good players and Alan Nestor played very well but I just don't think Blackhall will have the depth in their squad to yeah. beat Dundery I'm, I'm impressed with Dundery now from last week so be interesting now will they carry that form on and give another dom- demonstrating display Like, but like Manalby is a strange venue for that Like it's actually it's in Jenkinstown Gales, you know, the, the join up there between Blackhall and Manalvi. So the Blackhall lads will be quite familiar with the venue. It's only over the road mm-hmm. to them. It's a bit of a track over from Dunderry. They probably haven't played much football in Manalvi. So it'll be interesting to see 
Will Brian Kelly's hoodoo of pitches play any? <laughs> yeah. any well, his pitchology is that? Can we make that a word? Pitchology. Well, the funny thing is, is that whether uh, whether it will have an effect on the game or not, we've all gone for a Dundery win, so we're all expecting that Dundery won't have any problems with the grass in Minalvi. So, uh, and I think it was the coastal wind as well, or, or something there, like that, was, or whatever. There was a bit of that. There was the sand grace pitch and yeah. the no coastal wind and whatever that was going to be in trim. Um, but that is Dundery against Blackhall Gales. It's four thirty on. Uh, Saturday in Minalvi. The next game up is Dunmore Ashburn v St Peter's Dunboyne. This is an intriguing one. This is at half one, and this is in the screen on Sunday. And David Rispin, I suppose, um, Dunmore Ashburn got to intermediate before uh, Dunboyne did with yeah. their second team. So you'd be probably looking at uh, the fact that they're there a little bit but longer. They didn't win the junior though, didn't they? Go up as part of two teams yeah. going up, didn't they? Was yeah. it Clemaine or Dunbarra? Yeah, no, the year before that, uh, yeah. But they didn't go up as yeah. winners, yeah. Yeah, but they're, they're operating yeah. in, in... And they in, have been for the last, for the last seven years, years yeah. yeah. Um, it's an interesting game, you know, two second teams coming up against each other. It's not something we're, we're accustomed to in the Intermediate Championship. First time it's happened in a long time. Uh, I was at the Black Hall game with Dunham Rashburn last week, and I think Dunham Rashburn, you know, they're probably just missing a, a little bit of quality. I think Killian Price in midfield was very good, and Leo Riley as well, centre-forward. But they're they are lacking a little bit, and I think um Dumboyne, we we've spoken about them, you know, Joe Robinson over them. He tends to try and keep as much of a panel to, you know, their second team as possible, without using them for the senior. And for that reason alone, I think Dumboyne will get the better of Ashburn. I don't think their first round result against. To League Bellewstown is a true reflection on the actual potential within this squad. I think they're a lot better than that, and I think they will demonstrate that. Whether they win or not, I think they'll they'll prove that they are a decent side and they'll put up a good display. Well, just looking down at our predictions for this one, it's split. It's a uh, David Rispin and Kieran Flynn have gone for a, a Dunboyne win, and Dunamore Ashburn. Is, uh, is 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 myself and Brian Kelly so that's an interesting one um, no I, I, I definitely messed up on the colours I picked Dunham or Ashburn definitely 100% <laughs> yeah, I, I mustn't have changed the colour of the pen when I was doing it on the iPad here you must have you must have because I picked Dunham or definitely I'll get we'll, the sheets for next week yeah we'll get the sheets anyway and we'll go back to them so we, we, we won't I, I, I do have a hint of colour blindness as well so <laughs> there is that we won't worry about the, the, the predictions then we're going to move on now to the junior championship Um and in Group sure, A... Sir Corton of that one, what's the point of talking about? Oh, yeah. So, uh, thanks a million for listening to the point. <laughs> <laughs> um, in Group A, um, on sun, Sunday, the, that was yesterday, uh, that was today, it was Karen Ross and Minalti, we know the result of that one. Um, so, next Saturday, venue is trim, it's 6.30, uh, or sorry, 4.30 in trim, and it's Clonard v St. Dalton's, and David Rispin, you'd uh, you'd have insider knowledge out there. In Clonard, uh, Yeah. <laughs> Clonard and St. Dalton's, what way do you see this one going? I think it's an interesting one. Initially, I would have said Dalton's hands down, but then I suppose I always like to look at the form that's after following on from a game on Clannard. We're unlucky, got a draw against Minaldi, probably unlucky not to beat Minaldi last week. Minaldi come out and beat what were the championship favourites, Karen Ross. They won't be favourites anymore. Uh, so, so it could be interesting. I think Flanagan and Keane McBride could be a duel that'll probably be worth seeing. You know, the two guys match it up in midfield. I'd imagine that's the way it'll pan out. I, I do think Ultons will just have a little bit more all over the field than Clannard. I think they're probably limited in what they have on that and they, they do have a couple of injuries. Ger Foley, I think, is still injured with a wrist injury for Clannard. 
St. Ultons had a good win, uh, morale boosting win against Moyla the last day. So I'd expect them to probably kick on and get their second win. Yeah, um, and we've funnily enough, um, I know that the colours are all all right here because we've all predicted this in Dalton's win, and in, in, in that of the match, wind. the colours of the wind. <laughs> um, the second game in Group A is takes place on Sunday in Park Talchin, and it sees Moyla taking on Beliver, and that's at two p.m. And Kieran uh, Flynn, Moyla and Beliver. What way do you see that one going? Um, I suppose Beliver had a huge win last week and will that stand to them going into the Moyla game? Yeah, it's going to be an interesting fixture from what I spoke to a few people today who were at the Ultons Moyla game last week said Moyla were disappointed not to win that game and they should have won it. So Moyla will be disappointed and they'll have a point to prove. Beliver had a great win against Karen Ross, probably what we didn't expect it to happen. So it'll see now, are Beliver going to nail themselves down as the new championship favourites by winning another big game? Or am I going to come back and fight back? It's going to be an interesting game. I think that's going to be one of the, another good game in the Championship. I know we've mentioned that phrase a few times, but there's actually a few crackers in the Championship this time. And I think you'd be mad not to get yourself to multiple games, if possible, this weekend coming. Like, there's going to be some serious... I'm looking forward to seeing them games now, to be honest. Yeah, you've just as uh, you say, we've all gone for a Beliver win as well, and that one just... Um, it, did they get to a semi-final last year, didn't they, wasn't it? Yeah. Again, Car- not yeah. against Dubai, yeah. yeah. So um, uh, and they just, won a junior day. So uh, just to show that our predictions are, are fairly easy, and uh, uh, sometimes when we all go for the same team. Um, uh, moving on to June, uh, 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 Group B, and uh, St Bridges and Cortown obviously took place today, and with Cortown with their second victory, um, sees them sitting at the top of the table. But there's two other games to be played next weekend. Um, Kilmainham Wood versus St Vincent's. And the venue for that one is Central Sound, and that's on Saturday at half four and uh, D- Dave Rispin I suppose uh, probably not fair to go to you seeing as though you're in that group but it, it, you'd have to be looking at St Vincent's against Kilmaine and Mud there you, you probably would uh, but but last year I know St Vincent's had a wonderful run to the final but in the group stages they only bet Kilmaine and Mud by a point so Kilmaine and Mud are very capable of dragging teams down and, and making it um, a, a real dogfight and tussle and I think they probably will try and do this with St Vincent's. The pressure's on Vincent's as well. They really need a win. They're after being beaten the last day out. Kilmaine and Wood, you know, against ourselves, were were probably a little bit unlucky in the sense too they had chances. But uh, it it's going to be a close game. I've gone with Vincent's, but but I wouldn't be surprised if Kilmaine and Wood did pull out a surprise. Yeah. Um. Again, all that was all a very Kieran Flynn uh, prediction, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. yeah what, <laughs> learning from the, the worst. Cover all the angles, worst. but. <laughs> All four of us have gone for a St. Vincent's win there. It would be hard not to sit, pick St. Vincent's, but Kilmaine and Wood, as you said, David, uh, with a point to prove and having you know, put it up to use the first day out, they'll be looking to uh, to make sure that they have something going into the second part of the season. Um, and the last of the games in uh, that group uh, takes place on Saturday. The venue is backed if it's six o'clock throw-in and it's Dunsany v. Clonagale, um, or as... David likes to call them at boy, and uh, it doesn't recognise the validity of the amalgamation, as we do say, Kieran. But uh, yourselves uh, out against Clonmacgill, and uh, a good victory for you is the first day out. So you'd be hoping to get a second victory on the board. Yeah, but it's going to be tight. That was the one prediction when I when I thought back and reflected on what I picked last time. I probably I neglected probably the firepower that Clonmacgill have. I, I went for the Bridgets to win. And actually, when I look back, I saw the team list, and Clonagale have serious footballers in their team. So that's not going to be an easy one for Dunsany. I think Clonagale are going to bring massive fight to it. 
Bechtel is a good pitch. Uh, it's a Lovely great time for a game. Six o'clock on a Saturday night. What more do the lads want? I think it's going to be a very good game. I think Dunsany will just have enough. I think the lads are, are going well. They d- had a great win against St Vincent's. I think it's going to be shocking tight. It'll be close to a draw. And I think Dunsany will just edge it. Because a few lads like Pierre the Grey Goose Fox will be hoping to kick a few points over. So Yeah, um, fingers crossed because myself and yourself have gone for a Dunsany win here. I've gone for Pierre the Grey, the Grey Goose uh, Fox and uh, the two boys, uh, David Rispin and uh, Brian Kelly. Pierre's a bit of a magician on the ball. Like it's, he's brilliant. Like. <laughs> well, uh, Brian Kelly and David Rispin don't think so because they've gone for a Clonagale win. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, myself and yourself gone for that Dunsany win. In Group C, the final group of uh, the Junior Championship, we have uh, on Saturday, Wolf Tones versus Gail Column Kill. We have uh, on Sunday, Nafina versus Screen. And on Sunday, we have Centristown versus Summerhill. And also on Sunday, we've done Shockland versus Navin O'Matney's. It's the Group C lads where it's all the second teams. You know, with the way things are going at the moment, David Rispin, um, teams are taking injuries. I know, uh, looking at the last few weeks, mm. Simonstown took a lot of their second player, second team players into the panel for um the match against Wolf Tones. Yeah. So I'd imagine there's a few of those teams. Uh Central Soon, I know they had some great performances on their second team uh, last weekend mm. that they'll probably be taking into this game for Summerhill. So it's hard to it's hard to judge these games. Um yeah. so we won't be doing predictions on them. No, it is, it is very tough. You know, teams don't have the luxury, I suppose they made teams there as well. Wouldn't probably have have the luxury with their senior team of actually you know having nearly exclusive panels and leaving their second team alone. Whereas you see the two teams in the intermediate championship would probably have that that ability to hold on to players as opposed to the teams in the junior A group. It's still an opportunity for them. I know I know they can't they can still win the championship, but they can't get promoted to the intermediate for next year. But it's a great opportunity for the teams to come out of that group and have a crack at the first team in the quarterfinal. Yeah. I suppose that it's that what what I'm really trying to say is that it's it's hard to to know where these yeah, teams yeah. are at Impossible. until yeah. the knockout stages Absolutely. of the of the championship. It is, it is, it's very tough. Now you will start to see a pattern developing too in the group that you know you'll see the stronger teams. I know Kells had a good win. Uh, from looking at you've already mentioned Sanchezstown have had a good win, um, and Screen are always generally strong in the junior A too. But you just don't know. But but the if if a second team starts going well, I always say, and their first team isn't going as well, but are are stabilized, you know, in mid table and whatever in the senior, you'll start to see the kind of second team taking a bit more priority for guys who might be on the fringes of the first like team. Nafina won the junior B last year, exactly, and the yeah. like a lot of them junior B players are now playing senior, yeah, and probably would have played senior last mm. year if they were in contention, but didn't because they had a chance of winning the junior B. So that's the way it goes, yeah. Yeah. So I suppose lads look that's the roundup of uh, the games from last weekend and a roundup of the, the preview for uh, this weekend coming. It's gonna be a cracking weekend. Um it's our last weekend of championship. Cracking on. weekend. Dip, dip, boom. Yeah. <laughs> I was wondering Who was egging him on? Who was egging him on there? <laughs> <laughs> it was an excellent punt. So it was. Um but look lads, um it's our last round of championship before um the the All Ireland starts um in in May the All Ireland series starts in May the Leinster Championship kicking off and the whole lot, but for the clubs and the Christy Ring hurlers don't forget, but for the clubs um <laughs> for the clubs like this is this is their last chance to put down a marker before that break and leave themselves in good position going into the championship when we come back in in July or August. 
Yeah, the, the 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 two championships we have in the year, which we've always we always lament talking about it. Thankfully, it's the last one we'll be having. But the the April, like two wins in April, is a big help as opposed to someone who's going to run in with two losses. Like your your whole outlook in the summer, your league football. Do lads go on J ones? Or they, do they not go? Like your whole shape, your your season is shaped on these two wins in April. Your whole training as well is shaped oh. on it because if you can go in with two wins, the management think well we're doing something right. We'll just yeah. continue doing it. If you go in with two losses, the pressure comes on the management, and what they do is they just absolutely Dog, yeah. flog <laughs> you from now until the end of July. You will be running. You'll be up in the hill of Tower. Yeah. You'll be at the beach. You'll be running the beach. You'll be in and out of water. Like it's just it's just incredible the difference that that the two victories can make. Yeah. And David Rispin, well, I'd be on the beach anyway. There's a, I'd be sunning myself on the beach. Like, compared to last year, oh, yeah. when you said yeah, two yeah. losses, you have two victories. Now you can just sit back and it's so go and hold us. Like last year when Anthony first came in as well, you know, and it was a really hot summer as well. It was 25 yeah. degrees and we were down, fucking running the lines, you know, like. <laughs> Up and down, and and I'm not not giving him ideas. God knows what he has in mind for this year. But it's a lot easier to get lads down and and start enjoying your summer football and league football as well. We have to remember league yeah, is going to kick back off, back. and well, then the cup league as well. is on Wednesday, three days after the championship. Now that's the yeah, whole discussion yeah. itself. Like which, which is a joke. And I've had a you know a player, um, a Kells player. I won't name him, but he was he was on to me concerning. Um, Clonard have to travel to Kilmainham Wood on a Wednesday evening at seven o'clock. You know, which is which is crazy. Three days after championship, it, it's just utter madness. Anyone that has a map of me knows that's that ain't. Yeah, same and, and, and he's like you had in guys coming from work in Dublin on a Wednesday night too. It's just a disaster. So I think these kind of things have to be looked at. I think there's four rounds of league in May, and that's pretty much the league done and dusted then. So, but unless you're in a final or you're in one of these playoffs, and let's say you're knocked out of the cup first week in June. Yeah, very little football in June and, and July before and, championship kicks. And back we're in expecting, August. hopefully, me to be in a Super yeah, Eight, and please God, that'll that'll delay championship probably starting. Which is very again. frustrating for managers because, as you mentioned, teams who are coming off the back of two defeats, they want games, games, games mm-hmm. to try and improve. Very hard getting challenges too. You mm-hmm. you have to go outside the county. Clubs are doing their own things. It's a tricky scenario. I just don't think there should be league football on the Wednesday after the Easter weekend championship. I think it's crazy. The Thursday would do, wouldn't it? Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's the way the fixtures might be thinking. <laughs> well, it's a Sunday evening. The lads are tired and you can hear it coming out in them. They're angry. And they're just <laughs> fed up. <laughs> fed up and angry as they are. And even after a win, David Rispin is still giving out about fixtures coming up after Easter. Um, he just worried that he won't have uh, he won't have worked off the Easter eggs by the Wednesday. I'm Kieran, any more business from the county board or have you anything that you want to bring up? i just say the Royal House Draw was launched there again on Saturday morning. Glenvey Holmes is doing a great job promoting it and we're just getting that up again and make sure to buy your tickets because you have a chance of winning the house. Simple as that. There we go, you have a chance of winning the house and he's starting to see that... Sense. Trying to see out the window, you know. Yeah, um, you've seen the bigger picture that people want to know about a house. They don't want to know about what that money is going to do. Like, well, so what if it builds a beautiful stadium in Navin? You can win a house for €100. Euro. Uh, Dave Risman, have you any um, more business that you need to bring up? I suppose the Royal House Draw is uh, something that needs to be brought up as well. <laughs> but but actually, in connection to that, there's a, there's a really good incentive starting with me, GA. Um, it's actually a Player of the Month competition, which is going to be rolled out in the next couple of weeks. So... A committee or a selection of people are going to sit down and discuss the standout performances from April, which is the club month, 
and uh, the winner of the player of the month competition is going to get a ticket for the Royal House draw which is a really good incentive it, I'm not going to and Davey are you allowed to be a nominee for the player of the month are you, yeah, would that be a conflict of interest no, I, I, yeah I think it probably would be yeah if I had known that I wouldn't have passed all those balls yeah. off in yeah, the yeah, junior yeah. B championship last night yeah, yeah. if I had known yeah, that yeah, yeah, I I Mickey Brandon with 15 points from play <laughs> <laughs> Well, lads, look, thanks a million um, for coming in, especially David and uh, Kieran. The two years had a busy day. You were playing, you were at games today, and we made it in to do the podcast here this evening. And remember, we are made why it matters more.